When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Blockbuster Mentality, the podcast where actors, filmmakers, critics, and content creators come on to talk their favorite movie or the movie of their choice. My name is Dave, and joining me is Ben. As always, Ben, what do we have for this episode? We have a very exciting show, uh, not only for the content we'll be discussing, but for the guests we have. We will be discussing... 2002's Steven Spielberg film, Catch Me If You Can, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, several others, which we'll get into. And to discuss it with us, she's she's been on Broadway. You can uh, catch her podcast, Obsessed with Disappeared. We have Ellen Marsh on the show. Ellen, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. It's awesome having you. And uh, uh, what is, uh, is is Patrick too big time for us? Is he, uh, he couldn't make it? Okay, couple things. Patrick goes, I am not, I am generally prone to exaggeration and hyperbole. When I say he goes to bed at eight o'clock, really? I'm not kidding. He wakes up at four. He's one of those wow. people. Like if I have anything to say to him at 9.30, I'm like, oh, miss my window. And I'm a night owl because I work at, you know, I mean, in, you know, the before times I work at night. And so I don't, you know, I'm, I'm all wound up after my show. I don't get to bed till like, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning. He's opposite. So yeah. So you're not going to get him. So (laughs) but it's good because then you don't have to play with the sound levels too much because he's so loud, you know? (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's the loud one, obviously talking about. Uh, Patrick Hines, uh, your co-star on that podcast. How did you guys get that uh, podcast started? So Patrick and I went to college together in 1902, and we have been best friends, um, you know, ever since. And we've always wanted to join forces and, like, just get, you know, he kind of, like, took off in the podcasting world, and I was doing Broadway, and we could never really find time um, to get anything going. And before quarantine we were we like cleared our schedules to do this project together and it's been just awesome smooth sailing and it but it's it's crazy because we've always we've been each other's champion and we've been best friends but we just have never been able to um get together on anything so this is like our first in like being friends for 20 years yeah yeah it's like our first thing so it's pretty awesome that's great you guys have such a hilarious dynamic the two of you it is endless (laughs) it's like so much it's a just an explosion of energy and hilarity uh and talking about uh it was really kind of and of course the show is obsessed with disappeared everybody uh, please go check that out um of course after listening to this um but what talk about the concept of the show if the if anyone hasn't uh, quite uh, caught it yet yeah, so we are recapping ID's show Disappeared. Um, and what's cool, it's cool for a number of reasons. Obviously, we're staying in the true crime world with, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of a spinoff of Patrick's wildly successful True Crime Obsessed, which I absolutely love. And um, this is all missing persons. And it's pretty cool because Obsessed started in, I think, 
2008. Um, so it's older cases, which is great because some of them do have resolutions, which is interesting. And some of them, we love bringing attention to the older cold cases, kind of like bringing them to the forefront of conversations. Yeah. Um, so, and it's great. And um, we've never, we wanted to pick a show that we knew, but we still didn't know very well. So while we had seen a couple of episodes, it's really, really fun seeing with new eyes. So that was our idea. So we landed on disappearance. We have, we're at the beginning of season. We just finished um, recording season one and we have nine, we have nine, eight more to go. We have nine in total. So, Um, so yeah, it's just like a recap. It is comedy. Um, We do find the funny in, you know, um, characters, of course, garbage human beings, uh, horrible police officers. We, but we always, you know, champion, and we never make fun of the victims or the stories. Right, right. The stories are very near and dear to our hearts, but the the chaos surrounding it is what we find kind of humor in. Yeah, and of course the production, right? Because sometimes these things can get can get a little bit cheesy. And I, I haven't caught yeah. disappeared yet, but I watched uh, the. I don't know if it's a reboot or what. What you call it on Netflix of unsolved mysteries and. Mm-hmm. Just make six or seven of them, and I, I admit they sucked me in. But I'm kind of like, what the hell is this? <laughs> None of this makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, we love, and we actually had the um narr- the the voiceover narrator. We found him on Twitter, um, and he's oh, wow. awesome. His name is Christopher Walker, and um, we make fun of him all the time because sometimes <laughs> yeah. the story doesn't fall. Like something will happen. Like they'll say he knew that his girlfriend was having an affair, so he went into you know, and, and he was very upset about it and then the announcer will say and billy was shocked we're like no he wasn't he already knew she was having an affair so we love finding discrepancies in that and it's just we just have a blast and um we love the we love the uh the concept we love the content and we love each other so we're just having a great time yeah, no, that's great. And that's it's that's what it's about, you know, finding the comedy in this crazy, crazy world. I know if it, also if you haven't, uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, maybe embarrass you a little bit. If you haven't checked out Ellen's TikTok, definitely check that out. She's got some great stuff on there. It's uh, it's yeah, quite, quite entertaining, it, you know, obviously taking oh, advantage of the boredom of quarantine, you know, and it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. That's that's what I'll say. So you can, you can say it, Ben. You can say yeah, okay. it. She's a little too old to be on tiktok nah, come on i mean <laughs> your your words your words <laughs> i'm like the geriatric tiktoker so yeah yeah i mean what but I, yeah i like i like the fact that you guys bring humor to even you know this the serious subjects you know that's why you will talk about serious films sometimes but we still you know like to crack fun at you know the logic it's it's at certain points everything yeah. like that no movie's perfect and um so yeah, yeah well that's interesting because it, we're the movie we're talking about uh in this show show catch me if you can i would call this a light-hearted crime or really almost a true well i guess you call it a true crime movie because it's based on a true story uh this one isn't um you know silent to the lambs by any means or anything like that this one's a very light-hearted movie and uh so is that part of your is it am i getting here between sort of the way you, you do your show and does that help kind of inform you picking this movie or was it completely random or why did you pick catch me if you can um well, you guys gave me a list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that a that, secret? That's that's no, it's not a secret. No, but no, you know, okay, yeah. out of the list, yeah, well, why did you choose this one? I was like, <laughs> Wait, was don't I put high? me. I can't um, remember. Um, yes, but <laughs> yes, and um, I have 
always loved this movie. I love this movie. I love this story. I, of course, Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio. It's so interesting because I consider them, they're two different, sort of two different generations. I consider Tom Hanks a very celebrated actor. Mm. I actually consider Leonardo DiCaprio to be a very underrated actor for yeah. how good I think he is. Yeah. Um, and, and I... I always, and I love how many young stars are in it. Um, you know, Amy Adams, Jennifer Gardner, on all these like great females that come into yes, it. Right. Um, we'll, we'll talk about my disdain for Christopher Walken later. Um, oh. <laughs> Me and Dave I, were just uh, talking about this before the show. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be interested to hear that. Oh, okay, really? Okay. okay. I think it's a great. I, I just think it's a great movie. Yeah. I think the story is fascinating. And then knowing what we know now, how he then turned his criminal life into yeah. solving crimes. Um, and, you know, being an actor is, oh, I guess anything, being anything in the entertainment business where you kind of have to like fake it till you make it. This is the ultimate fake it till you make it story. Oh, and. Yeah. It's just genius. It was written so well. I actually read something. I was kind of like reading up um, on it. And it was actually tabled for a really long time. Um, it actually was written in 1987. Um, oh, or the wow. concept was from 1987. And it was tabled till 2002. Interesting. Um, yeah. Which I yeah, think I, is yeah, that's, fascinating. That, yeah. I saw that like David Fincher was once attached to direct it. Uh, and a couple others before Spielberg eventually got it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize it went back that far. That's mm-hmm. that's insane. Yeah, obviously it's based off the book he wrote. And it was made, and it was a Broadway musical as well. That's um, right. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't super critically acclaimed. It didn't run that long on Broadway. It wasn't like a flop, but it didn't run that long on Broadway. But I thought it was awesome. Like I actually really, really loved it. Seems like it, it would fit. You know, you're obviously saying you like it, so it yeah. Well, like the it story fits. lends itself because it goes through so many, so many phases. You know, right. his, yeah. his youth, and then the whole pilot, and you know, we'll get into the plot of the, the movie and everything. Yeah. But yeah, it just lends itself really, really well to uh, musical eyes. Right. And then, well, I mean, obviously, you know, first of all, you know, the film starts with the the whole, you know, credit sequence. Even that I love, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that you know, you see in Dave's background right there. That's kind mm-hmm. of what the film starts at with uh, the John Williams score. Got to mention John Williams. He's just, you know, him and him and Spielberg team up a lot. And it's just it's gold every time yeah. uh, this this movie was nominated for two Oscars, one being for John Williams score, the other being uh, for best supporting actor for Christopher Walken, uh, which I'll never yeah, understand. <laughs> well, well, let's oh, talk man. about that. Oh, well, by the way, yeah, we're, let's just we're get into that. form here. We don't have to yeah. go uh, chronological order. Anything you want to say about the movie, you just throw it out there. So what's, yeah. what's the problem? Let's, what's this burning problem with Christopher Walken that you want to talk about? I... I, I want to say this, and I'm going to duck behind a bush. That's okay. I don't think he's a good actor. <laughs> I, 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 his voice. Like, <laughs> but like, it's a parody. Like he's a like right. Christopher Walken does the best Christopher Walken. Yeah, like no there is knows. nobody that does a Christopher Walken impression like him. Yeah, yeah he's become a parody of himself. Yeah, you absolutely. Know. Um, and he's yeah. gotten worse in his old age. Right, and. Yeah. Um, you know, see, this was from, you know, almost 20 years ago and he was a bit younger and I was just, sometimes I think like, as again, as an actor, I'm like, why him? Like who else auditioned for that role? Like, I want to see the casting. Like I, like I want to see the call sheet. Like who else was up for it? Christopher Walken. Um, and I guess just next to Tom Hanks, who I just, I bow down to 
everything. I mean, he is of that generation, like one of the top, like probably five. And, and then Leonardo DiCaprio, who's just, you know, he, his prime lasted like 15 years or something. Um, And then Christopher Walken. I just, I just (laughs) think he's a bad actor. I just, okay. Yeah. But do you guys like him? Do you like him? Like, I like him as an actor, but I will say before we started, I I was looking through and I said, wow, he was nominated for for an Oscar for this. And I I don't see it. I didn't see. I thought it was just a Christopher Walken performance, which is fine. I don't I don't love or hate. I think he's a good actor. But um, yeah, unless when he's doing the jokey stuff, I like when this one. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think this deserved an Oscar uh, nomination. I think Ben is very weird to me. To me, me, again, I mean, I I think his best performance ever is in Deer Hunter, which was in 1978. That's before Christopher Walken was anybody. He won an Oscar for that for Best Supporting Actor. Um, Ever since then. Yeah, these two are not the same, right? Yes. No, no. no, They're they're definitely not. Uh, That's just how I'm prefacing this. No, I know. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Let me talk, Dave. Come on. Uh, no. Um, so the last like 25 years, me and Dave were Dave were saying, you know, before the show, I I think, yes, he's, you know, hasn't blown me away in anything. And I think that's why I appreciated this performance, because I feel like it was different than anything he's done in like the last 25 years. Uh, so that's how I viewed it. And, you know, the scene, you know, where him and Leo are talking about, you know, possibly getting back together with uh, with the mom who he got in France from, you know, out of, you know, what was it, 60 guys or something mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. She chose and him, she, right. She yeah. chose him. And, you know, he's getting emotional of that because he knows he lost her in that scene I was like I was feeling I was like okay this is the Christopher Walken from Deer Hunter that I remember this is him uh, you know showing that he's getting teary eyed uh, everything like that so that's why I, I I'm defending him in this movie um, so you know I take it I take I just also like I also again I'm I'm when someone you you have to do something more than the emotion of like hurt Right. You know what I mean? Hurt is an emotion that we can all empathize with. Like we've all been hurt and you you can't, you know, you can't really like quantify an actor by like, oh, look, he got so sad, you know, (laughs) but again, I just, I don't know. It it didn't bother me. I just, when I found out he was nominated for an Oscar, like that's like the pinnacle, you know? Yeah. Like, wow. What else was in 2002? (laughs) You know? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, you 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 probably were happy, but I think 2002 Chicago won for Best Picture. Was so, that 2002? Yeah, 2002. But uh, but yeah, Chicago was the big big film of that year. But uh, but yeah, I, I you know I, you're right. Yeah, I think a lot of times, even even writing wise, like you, you, they can manipulate our emotions. You know, by having a really sad moment happen in the film is like, are we reacting to that moment and saying it's a great film or are we reacting, you know, are, are we looking at the movie as a whole? Yes. That mo- moment was great, but d- is that what made it, you know, stuck with you, you know? Um, so yeah, I guess you're right. You know, you can't just look at a scene where someone was hurt and, and do that. But, but for me it worked. Okay. Uh, great. <laughs> ben, you, you go hang with Christopher Walken. Me and Dave I would will love stay to. here. It'll be fine. <laughs> 
I'll let you guys know how it goes. I'll send you selfies and stuff, and you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So now, now we don't necessarily go chronological order or anything, but we should talk about the plot just a little bit. This, <laughs> this movie opens up in a as a was some sort of a game show of guess the man who faked it or whatever it is. Yeah. Tell got, tell tell the truth. I believe it's truth, called. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then you know, they they both say, or three guys say that they were what air, airline pilots and did whatever the heck. I totally forgot what they said. Whatever Leo did in the movie, uh, that <laughs> yeah, basically he was an is what they pilot, said. He was a doctor. Yeah. Right, like yeah, yeah he right, did yeah. all yeah. the stuff that he did. It was kind of like um like a balderdash, almost yeah. like a live balderdash. Right. Who's yeah. the liar? Yeah. Guess the lie. And and I didn't know. I thought this was just a technique the movie used, but that actually was a show, and they actually did that with. With the real Frank uh, Abengale, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I am, I am gonna say Abernathy <laughs> a lot. Uh, I guarantee you uh, during this episode. What, but, uh, <laughs> what is the vehicle of storytelling where? Because I'm sure there's a name, and I'm sure you guys know it. And I'm gonna sound like a total dingling. Uh, but don't, don't, uh, don't, sure don't oversell <laughs> us. Don't oversell us. What is, what is the um, when we know? when we know the end at the beginning, when the beginning starts with the end, what is that called? I love that form of storytelling. Yeah. It's a good what, question. What is for, that? For, for, I, for I don't know the actual term, but yes, there are, you know, there are films that use that device. Well, okay. So we know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's kind of like American beauty. Like, you know, he says in the voiceover, like in less than a year, I'll be dead. Totally, so you're like, okay. So totally. we, we know that. I love that. There's yeah. something so I don't know why that makes me. It's almost you know. There's there's two ways you can go. You can go with like a total you know roller coaster ride. But there's something so satisfying. Yeah. And I think it's because I have no patience for or tolerance. <laughs> like I'm the kind of person that like you know will start a documentary and then Google it and be like what actually what happened. I'm the worst. Yes. I'm the worst. I'm the worst party guest. Don't invite me over. Don't see a movie with me. No, I'm the worst. But so I you want to be spoiled. It. You, you like you like getting spoiled ahead of time, so then you can well, just enjoy just, it without wondering. Yeah, maybe that's it. I spend less time wondering and more time enjoying. So we know right at the beginning, yeah. um, he is you know in France. He's a prisoner. He escapes one last time, and then we know he does eventually get caught within the first five minutes. I yeah. love that. It, yeah, it almost becomes like a puzzle in your mind to see how it's. It, it does pique your interest from the beginning. It's like, well, how are they going to get from this, from what they've already told me, point A, starting here and point A, and how is it going to all work? Yeah, so I, I appreciate that. Very yeah, cool. great point. Yeah, I think it just goes down to it's. It's really not about the ending. It's a. It's about the journey. You know, it's totally. not. Uh, you know, it's not. Uh, what's the Miley Cyrus song? You know, that's uh, what comes to mind right now. But <laughs> yeah, sing it. Just give us. Just spin okay. a verse. Go for it. All right, here we go. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I would not do that to anyone. Maybe I'll play it in the background and then uh, get sued for the rights. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> but you were saying earlier about, uh, you know, how you think, you know, Leo is, and I'm just going to call him Leo this whole time. I'm not going to say Leonardo DiCaprio because uh, that's his name. That's what he should be known as, is Leo. Uh, he is an underrated uh, actor, uh, or was uh, at least. And I kind of said this in our Thelma and Louise episode. I think, you know, him, Brad Pitt, kind of got stuck in this, you know, teenage heartthrob, you know, uh, trap, uh, I guess you could call it, where people only saw them as that uh, rather than their actual acting ability. Uh, So I think, yeah, I think, you know, 
Leo has <laughs> has always been a good actor. People just oh, I don't yeah. think realize that until um, you know until years uh, down his career, and it's almost like a, same uh, with. Uh, uh, Robert Pattinson like people mm-hmm. people see him as the Twilight guy oh he's the Twilight guy but he's been in so many other like independent films that a lot of people haven't seen and uh, you know it's just it, it's a shame that they get I mean obviously they're they're making a lot of money and movies and stuff right. you don't want to feel bad for them but you know it's <laughs> uh, it's a shame that people don't see their actual talent <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio did he win for The Revenant? Yeah. Yes he won for The Revenant right. yep. but it was one of those things where people were like Wait, he's never won an Oscar. Like it's one of those things where yeah. it's like a yeah. like a what is it called Mandela effect, where we right. like where we like made up that he has gotten his sort of um, right. you know come up and he's sort of like won something, and you're like, no, actually he hasn't. Like you know, <laughs> well, so the Wall Street Departed, Gilbert Grape, all yeah. these you know really epic movies. He actually wasn't awarded anything for them until The Revenant. And I remember when he announced they announced like this is Leonardo DiCaprio's first. You're like. Wait, seriously? Um, Is this happening? (laughs) No, definitely. Yeah, he's, uh, and yeah, I mean, again, that was definitely a, a pick, a career pick, I believe. Because, yeah, I mean, he's had so many great performances, and Revenant, I think, was just the right time the right year to for him to have that film so in catch me if you can we were it's established that and we all kind of know even going into this movie what it's kind of all about they tell us in the beginning i don't think the trailers hit anything uh this is a this is a con artist and he's being chased by (laughs) uh by uh tom hanks and that's that is the movie and and it's interesting to me because i don't always root for this kind of a character um, like um, I'll say, sometimes I want Bugs Bunny to get his head blown off, like it'll <laughs> something, yeah. you know, that kind of a thing. But this movie, I never got that feeling. Um, really, um, it was more at the at the end, it, it, or when it got to the end of the movie, it was more sympathy for the character, and I liked the way um, DiCaprio's character was established, uh, his home life. And the relationship between, and we hit on it with, with Christopher Walken, whatever you think of the performance, I think you get something there with him and his father. And I don't even think the movie really even fleshes it out. It kind of leaves it up to you. But I think, and it just opposed to both of you, um, the, the Christopher Walken character, he's, he's, a, he's a con man himself. He's conned his way through his entire life. Um, and I think, you know, Leo is kind of trying to live up to that. And it just gets confusing because the more he does, never he, it's an empty hole, right? It, you can never fill it. Um, but what do you think of that about um, uh, about the the dad, the father character, the Christopher Walken character, the, the extent to which he was a con? Go ahead, Ellen. You loved him so much. You, you I answer. think, you know, I think he's like small potatoes. You know, yeah. he's like just kind of a hey, let me complain. This doesn't happen in the movie, but you know, hey, let me complain about my meal and get our meal comped, yeah. and then they'll bring yeah. us dessert. Yeah. And then you know, Leo's character is like cool, I'm going to scam four mil, you know? <laughs> so I think I think he's just like gets that idea and it's sort of the impetus for a way to get things and a way to use your charm. I mean, we see it. So the first, wait, correct me if I'm wrong. So the first little scam he pulls is pretending he's the substitute teacher, right? Yeah. Right, yes. So he gets bullied in the hall. He gets knocked into a locker. And then he gets this, like, idea, like, I'm going to get this guy back and pretend I'm the yeah. teacher. Yeah. And that's the first – and then he's on this, like, high yeah. because he embarrasses the guy who embarrassed him. And then he's, you know, he, right. he's just flying by the seat of his pants. And I think that he then realizes – 
how good he actually is. And he is way better than his dad was like, like not even the minors. He was like the triple (laughs) A league. Yeah. He was like T-ball, you know? Yeah. He's trying to get a legitimate loan. So, he, you know, kind of tries to lie his way through that, you know, gets, gets his son a suit and says, Oh, did you drop this on the, on the, you know, sidewalk showing the girl, the necklace, trying to let them in. So, you know, he's, he's doing that to, an extent, you know, uh, and then, you know, having Leo drive up to the bank, being his driver, you know, <laughs> everything like that, you know, because it's all about appearances back then. It's crazy that it was more, you know, because nowadays it's just, is your credit good or not? Uh, you know, you, <laughs> just, you can't just walk into a bank and be like, all right, listen, I'm an upstanding citizen, you know, I'm really trying here. Like, you could do that back then. Now it's just like, all right. Is my credit good or not? Um, but uh, but yeah, they had to go through this whole charade. But but yeah, Leo finds out that he's he's actually good at it. And I, yeah, I love that scene. What does he say? Like he's been uh, his parents get called in. He's been the acting as the substitute for a week or maybe yeah, even for longer a week or something, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's just yeah, and you gotta and that that goes to I think obviously Leo was a great choice for this because he's so charismatic, everything like that. You gotta have that, you know charismatic way about you to be able to to pull that off so uh definitely great casting choice there and then uh, leo comes home to discover that his mom (laughs) is cheating on his dad with his old rotary club friend that was nice and awkward for everybody right yes Uh, not Josh, uh, James Brolin, Josh Brolin's dad, uh, who also played, uh, Pee Wee Herman in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. He played, uh, he played a version of Pee Wee Herman in the Pee Wee Herman movie within the movie. So you remember that Dave? Come on. I do. Best known for his, his movie within a movie role. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't remember that at the drive-in at the end when yes. showing his movie. That's Josh Brolin. James Brolin, James yeah, Brolin? Josh Brolin's dad, yeah. Oh, I can't remember that. That's hilarious. All right, we'll do I don't our know next podcast. Up no. Big Adventure because I yeah. love that movie too. Let's do it. And there's deep themes that we can really break yeah. down in that in that film. See who was nominated for that movie. Yeah, <laughs> that was a Tim Burton movie. Uh, yeah. Anyways, but uh, <laughs> um, so the anyway, are getting a so, divorce, and then Leo yep. starts running and never stops right until yep. he's caught, basically. Yeah, that's yeah, that and that's the film. All right, folks. No, uh, yeah, and scene curtain. What y'all yeah. have for dinner? Um, no, you know, the, I think it's it's it, the the movie starts so brilliantly because you really do see his like sort of yes and you know um, he goes you know so the first thing he does is is that to get the to be a pilot, to pretend that he's a pilot, right? right? And he goes, he calls and says he lost his uniform. And, oh, sure, go to the... And again, it's that charisma. and charisma. But, I mean, that's with anything. I mean, Ted Bundy was the most charming man ever. You know, he was handsome, he was charming, and, you know, he killed a lot of people, turned out. Um, (laughs) Turned turned out that way, yeah. Yeah. That's a great point, yeah. He uses that charisma and he just yes ands and he learns and he listens and he goes to get fitted for the suit and oh he's he's already figured out how to forge the checks. (laughs) 
<laughs> because he wants to go pay with the check and they say, no, 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 they'll take it out of your paycheck at Pan yeah, Am. Pay, oh. Yeah, and he's soaking uh, model airplanes in the, uh, in the bathtub to get the stickers off to then put them as like the seal on the check for <laughs> for it which i guess is true because uh, they even i think mentioned that in the i watched the youtube clip of the real tell your truth game and they even mentioned that that he actually oh, really? did that <laughs> yeah it's just oh, insane yeah. like the things he would think about like it's it's uh, just yeah you you have to first of all be super intelligent and be able to not only intelligent but be able to have the charisma to pull it off and he he does and it's just crazy that i mean there are you know certain things that are done for dramatic effect not everything that happened in this movie happened in real life but this guy in real life obviously had the charisma to to pull all this stuff off which is yeah just, and he was just listening and taking notes and learning yeah. as he went and yeah charm i mean a big thing was also like charming ladies finding women yeah. oh, that you yeah. could charm and flirt with a little bit i mean you know who hasn't flirted their way out of a speeding ticket before not me right no. oh yeah all the i do all the time yeah, to- yeah totally i tried crying once and that didn't work either oh <laughs> <No>. man <laughs> i do like the point of the scam is two things right it's the physical like the paperwork that that Leo, uh, you know, doctored or whatever. But yeah, that the other part, the critical part, is to be able to manipulate people with his personality. That you can't can't do one. You got to have both, and you have to be great at both. And he he was great. Yeah, there was one scene where he was so he was going to these banks to cash it, and one cashier, I think it was what's her name from Hunger Games, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth yeah. Banks, beautiful yep. young Elizabeth Banks. And yeah. she like holds up. Oh, no, it wasn't her. It was a different a different time that, you know, the woman holds it up to kind of inspect it. And she, and he says, like, has anyone ever told you how beautiful your eyes are? Oh, and yes. just yeah. complete. I mean, listen, yeah. you know, women Distracts need two her. things, food and compliments. Right. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, so totally had her spinning in a different direction. And and, you know, that that's part of the game of, you know, of the best the best con man. That's that's what they yeah. do is brilliant and he did it with such ease and you just totally believed him and then you think to yourself like yeah i totally get conned absolutely yeah. and to that <laughs> give end, me a compliment i'm gonna i'm gonna get sidetracked Ellie, you know? you're doing a great job and we're sending chinese over so <laughs> yeah <laughs> but speaking of which i mean you touched on this earlier yeah the young actresses that were in this yeah elizabeth banks obviously amy adams uh, Ellen Pompeo. I believe yeah, Ellen Pompeo was it. the yeah. Uh, the stewardess, yeah. right? Stewardess, yep. And then Jennifer Garner, the right. the hooker. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Which he, uh, you know, kind of got conned into that. I guess you could say. But you he know? conned he was, her. <laughs> that's true. It was kind of went. Yeah. yeah. He caught her because she said, give me that check and I'll give you the difference. So he actually made $400 by having sex with the prostitute. Yes. He like made something. All right. Here here you go. Good luck with that. Yeah. A thousand bucks in 1960 something. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I was thinking a thousand. So Jennifer Garner says like how much to sleep with me or how much to, you know, hang out with me for the night. Also sex things. And I was like, Right, thousand dollars. Like, yeah. I wonder what that conversion rate would be. Yeah, like, well, I mean, and I also need to reconsider some things. <laughs> same these girl. Same these. <laughs> um, well, it's also. Um, I just was was this really the uh, um, view 
pilots had back then? Like, were they this like prestigious where kids were asking oh, yeah. for their autograph on the street, like in the sixties? Like what? <laughs> I mean, it was a big deal to fly back then. Yeah. People yeah. got dressed up. Women were in dresses and gloves and pillbox hats. You know, it was a big deal. Like, to fly. It wasn't like, you know, homeless people with your bare feet up on your armchair, you know, that wasn't it. It was classy. Right. Um, and so it was, I think it was a really sexy job and the women, you know, the, um, the stewardesses, they were those, um, the Pan Am stewardesses, they were like models at the time, pillbox hats. And yeah, it was very, very different than the, you know, flying trash bags that we (laughs) utilize today for sure. Yeah. He even used the flight flight attendants uh to um distract the fbi agents when he was going through the miami a- airport right. he like handpicked like all of them you know make sure they're all good looking all that yeah, they were gorgeous. but so this yeah. is i believe after he gets so he becomes a he becomes a doctor guys he becomes a doctor at some <laughs> point in, the, in this movie um that's we're, we're just the, jumping all over that's the place a here. really really funny scene that's the oh scene. yeah you, actually, you sent me a gif of that scene and that's i was like oh that's so you, so you concur kiss. It's, yeah, so you, do you concur? <laughs> i love when he walks away and the guy's just like why didn't i concur <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so funny i should have just vomits afterwards because it couldn't yeah. handle the blood. <laughs> oh great. yeah, that was <laughs> that was rough. But yeah, I mean, th- it, I think that's you know, I think a lot of leaders and bosses do that. Like, just all right, what do you think? You know, they tell their employees, "What do you think?" Totally. And you know, it just you know, they're they're gonna do it. I think he takes advantage of that. I think he, you know, again, is smart enough, intelligent enough to know that. You know, these people know the answer. You know, they just want to have this person hold their hand through it. And, uh, you know, it's it's definitely what you see in uh, bosses who kind of bullshitted their way to the top, maybe kind (laughs) of talked their way to the top. Um, One brilliant scene that we just skipped was. Wait, sorry. What is Tom Hanks's character's name? Carl. Yeah. Carl Han- Hanratty? Carl Hanratty. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. what did you think of the accent, by the way? I thought it was really distracting and kind of bad. You guys well, it, it, so you, you know I have a love for Boston accents. <laughs> okay. We did not know this. Yeah, I, I, there's a couple episodes on our show where I get like really, really hung up on a Boston <laughs> accent. Um, so it's fine. I don't I don't know why. I mean, it must have been an authentic thing. He must have been a Bostonian or something. But he corners um, Frank. Right. And ho- runs ho- right into him. And then, boom, he, uh, Frank pretends to be a secret agent. He's like, <laughs> yeah. we just missed him. We just arrested that scene. Yeah. Commi- and that is it. That control, that commitment to the bullshit. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like he was just giving a masterclass. And that is another thing which makes Leonardo DiCaprio so brilliant in this movie is he's an actor being a con right. man, being an actor. You know, he's he's putting a hat on a hat. Yep. And that scene yeah. in particular where you know he's, you know, shitting his pants and he just has, <laughs> yeah. he's, you know, got plays cool as a, yeah. Yeah. He's got a he's got a gun to his head and he's just like, all right, yeah, calm down, calm down. Uh, you right. know, we got him, you know, yeah. And he's just like totally just goes through the room, got a gun pointed right at him. And yeah. but like he but he knows that if he shows any sort of nervousness, any sort of uh, lack of confidence, he is going to be 
caught. He's going to be right. uh, made, uh, essentially. And yeah, but it's that's just, where yeah. their relationship begins. Right. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's just so great. And then he even uses, you know, a nice little touch of him talking to the blind guy with the guy helping him down and then, you know, pointing out the window. There he is right there getting into the car. I mean, it's (laughs) all it's really, really brilliant. Like rewatching this was really, really enjoyable for me because, you know, I had seen I'd seen it a handful of times um, and just like rewatching it and catching all those little nuances that I had sort of, you know, you just like forget about over time. Right. Yeah. Um, was just really awesome. It's it's a fun movie, you know? You know what's nice about it? It is a true crime movie, but really no one gets hurt. I mean, people right. lose money, but like right. banks lose money, so who actually cares? And like the government runs around a little bit, but like who actually cares? Right. Yeah, it's, you so- know, yeah, one of the notes I had was, is, are these victimless crimes? I mean, sort of, I mean, he's just, he's robbing institutions, not like, you know, like carjacking people or something like that. Yeah, he's, he's not. Yeah, he's not using this charisma like uh, Ted Bundy uses. His, used his charisma. <laughs> he's right. you know <laughs> using it just for further gain, and that kind of brings to the point. I think uh, you know they keep bringing up at the beginning of the film. Walken makes the speech about the mice dropped in the in the cream. One drowns instantly, but one you know keeps going and going and going, and eventually turns it into butter and gets out. Uh, and that's definitely underlying theme in this movie is yeah. just you got to just keep going, you got to keep fighting, and then you know which you know is what Leo does the whole time. But then once he realizes he's not being chased anymore, it's. Uh, you know, and this is obviously right at the end, but anyways, uh, you know, it's, what's the point, uh, to him, you know, it's what it kind of, kind of seems like, like if no one's going to chase me, like, like, so is he getting a thrill out of this? Do you guys think like, is he, is he, you know, is this, is this a high for him? Uh, just being able to get away with it. He didn't have anybody, you know, you, you know, that's what, you know, um, Carl says, like, you've nobody. Like there, you, you know, what is life? Yeah, yeah, you have a lot of money that you stole. You got to pull a lot of pranks. You got to travel for free as a pilot. You know, you got to pull the wool. You had this great story, but in the, you know, the the overlying theme is in the end. What really drives us and motivates us as human humans is is relationships and connections. And you, my dude, you have none of those. <laughs> right? Know? Yeah. Um. You, so you, yeah, you really have no one. You know, and he, he but. You know, and that's where their relationship continues. He calls him every Christmas, you know, saying like where he is and stuff, you know, because he doesn't think he really has a family, which he doesn't, you know, his daughters. Uh, yeah, neither know, one of them have and, anyone but each other. Right, they're, yeah. they're the only people that they have to talk to on Christmas Eve, what, three or four times in the movie? Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, that's uh, Tom Hanks's main, main role is chasing him down, and his main role is just to keep running keep uh you know making tom hanks go after him and i think that uh you know definitely represents that that mouse that just that just kept going kept going um but eventually you know obviously he gets caught which we find out right at the beginning as you said (laughs) ellen we already knew he was going to get caught but the way he did it and everything like that was just uh was was great um you know he uh He's stuck in uh, France prison, French yeah, prison. Fr- yeah. Yeah. Because um, he went to the know. village where uh, his dad met his mom, where, where his mom lived. Right. And I was curious what you both thought of this. Uh, it didn't say it in the movie, but I think, you know, the necklace trick. My suspicion is that's what the dad did to get the mom. And that was his con. And then it, and it, it basically, 
lasted for 16, 17, 18 years until she kind of got wise to who he was. That was that's my theory. That's a good point. Yeah, I like that. That's uh yeah, he, he she she was charmed by it, but then realized, you know, didn't see the inside. She just saw the outside, which everyone saw the outside of of Frank Jr. Right. You know, everyone saw just the the outer shell of him. They saw the uniform. They saw, you know, the pilot's uniform, the doctor's uniform, the, and then he becomes a lawyer, guys. He, he becomes a <laughs> lawyer in uh, Louisiana, Nolens. Um, Martin Sheen is in this, by the way, as yeah. uh, Amy Adams' dad, uh, which I think he, he, he did Such great. A cast. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's interesting it, how, sorry, just to jump in really quick, Ben, how Leo always he's, seems like he's very burdened, his conscience. He wants to unload and tell people, like, he just, he wants to just, like, let it be over, but he kind of can't help himself. It is interesting. I mean, yeah. It's like, we want to know the truth. <laughs> it's a little fraud. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. just like, if you keep getting away with something, it's easier and easier to, to keep doing it. You know, it's, uh, you know, and you know, it goes back to, you tell one lie, you got to tell a thousand, you know, and it's just keeps building and building. But yeah, I think it does go back to, he definitely gets a high from it. And yes, some kind of adrenaline thing where, you know, a normal life would never satiate him, you know, a life with um, the Amy Adams character that he could have led was never going to be the way forward. You know, that was never going to be his life. Yeah. Um, And whether that's like some kind of like an adrenaline junkie or, you know, some kind of like sociopathicness in his own brain. It was just, it was never gonna, I mean, we find out fast forward, he does, he does, you know, grow up and, the real Frank Abagnale grows up to work for the government to yeah, have right. a wife and family and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it might as well get all of this, uh, criminal activity out of your way at an <laughs> early age from 16 to, you know, uh, what, uh, 18, 19, and then he just serves like four or five years in prison. So he's like 25. Like, that's about the time someone gets out of college. Like, you know, he spent time in prison, but now he's working for the FBI. So, like, he spent <laughs> his, millions of dollars. Was yeah, it a he waste? Still does. He's, he's 72. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. He's still um, around. Yeah, yeah. He's still alive. Wait, did he really only con? Are we meant to believe that was only like three or four years? Is that true? I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know. It seemed I, that way. I think he's. Yeah, I think when he's years. talking to. Well, I don't know if in real life, but in the movie, I know he says when he's trying to, you know, pa- he shows the suitcase full of money to Amy Adams, and you know, he says, "I've been doing this for a year and a half when I was sixteen, so like he's seventeen and a half, right. <laughs> close to eighteen. Okay. So I mean, yeah, in the movie, he was yeah. or something, whatever she said." Right. Who's yeah. Only what? Yeah. Seventeen going on eighteen, which is crazy. I think when he got arrested in French, the title said nineteen sixty nine. I did say nineteen sixty nine. Yeah. Yeah. So what and was then, what was the start year? I don't. I, I think do remember six, it saying nineteen. Yeah, sixty three. I believe it okay, was yeah. when. Uh, oh, amazing! Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. So right. yeah, six years. Um, crazy, crazy. Um, and and yeah. It, it really benefited him in his life. <laughs> I mean, Works for the FBI. Congrats so again. Some some career moves we all could be reconsidering. Right. You know exactly. <laughs> Do you guys find yourself with everything going? Well, that could never happen now. Well, that yes. could never happen now. Oh, that yes. could never happen now. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna like, get a Pan Am sticker and put it on a check. No fucking way. 
It's just, it was, you know, just like, again, like the simpler time, like, you know, him uh, going and, and them saying, um, you know, getting the suit and saying, just give us your employee number. Sure. Oh, yeah. Never. Like you would never get in the building. You know what I mean? It's just I so know. funny. The, the level of um, trust, like naive, naivete yeah. or whatever of that, of the time. I, can you even write a personal check, like even at a store anymore? Like, is that a thing? I don't even know. Don't, like, I don't write checks, so I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't either. So, <laughs> I don't think I've written. I genuinely don't re- think I've written a check in over ten years. I yeah, think. I had to. I had to have my wife tell me how to do it. <laughs> you know, right out the, <laughs> right out the words. Yeah, yeah but it was but just yeah. so funny that the yeah the level that just the difference in security could be obviously it's so different but just seeing everything and knowing how something like that I mean things do happen but we're talking like high level hackers that get away oh, with right. shit like that now he was just a kid yeah uh, so exactly it was just yeah interesting it's, to yeah. see even when he escaped out of the airplane I'm like what are you talking what are you doing you're <gasps> under FBI custody if you disappear they're gonna you're gonna be surrounded by like a hundred <laughs> police you're not getting out of that plane. <laughs> <laughs> but it that was it was funny to watch. Escape yeah. was so that I forgot about that. That escape yeah. from the bathroom. He went yeah. down the toilet. Yeah. Is that real? Is that it's, part real? Now he Can escaped. We? He didn't go out the toilet. I I remember reading this. Uh it was like um where the food was. So he he actually did do it though. He he got he escaped out of the freaking plane. That's real. <laughs> That's he was insane. basically like he was basically like um, almost a person that you've probably seen this movie where they hire someone to go um, like security, but to prevent a break in. So someone goes and breaks in and says all the problems that's wrong. That's like I who love he that was. Show. Yeah. So yeah. that's basically who he was for like check fraud, escaping out of airplanes for like a whole variety of crimes that we all figured out how to stop. Yeah. I mean, he did yeah. so much for the FBI. And I think. In real life, was it that guy's call to say, hey, let's get him come work for us because his mind works in a different way? In real life, was that was that the Carl character's call? I'm going to just say yes. That That's what Carl... Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, let's I would assume, yes. I would assume, yeah, probably. Uh, I'm, they, a deep, I'm a deep Googler, you guys. So, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I just, well, you know, I'll go, I'll go on a Google K-hole. Like, you yeah. would not and f- <laughs> Folks listening, if you uh, if you know the answer before uh, before Ellen does, tweet it at us. And, uh, <laughs> She's going to find it out. Let's <laughs> all the questions, Ellen. <laughs> Definitely. I, I, I love the <laughs> the moment when, you know, he's telling Amy Adams everything. He tells her everything. And <laughs> her first question is, you're not a Lutheran? <laughs> like, that's yeah. the first thing on her mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you lied about <laughs> not that you yeah. you know you pretended to be a pilot a lawyer a doctor but you know you're a Luth- you're not a lutheran come on <laughs> and then well, yeah, the, the money flying that's yeah. a great scene there's so yeah. many great scenes it's like and, uh super iconic and wait february to march april May. They, they shot the movie in three months what? Um, which yeah wow. february to may and they, I feel like they're in so many different locations, so many different places. They're in, you know, airports. They're all over the place. I thought that was like a, it's not a, does that seem super fast? It does. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, especially, yeah, like you said, everywhere they go and everything. Like, I don't know how much of it was actually on location. Like, if they were in Miami, were they actually in California? Like, I, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that's three months seems really quick for yeah. the amount all the stuff that happens in this movie 
It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a really easy watch. I think that's what I yeah. would call it. It's just kind of a fun movie, and you're not really caught up in, as Ellen sort of said. I mean, no one's really getting hurt in this movie, and the movie does take that lighter tone, which I think is is great. It's just fine. I'd be curious what you guys think of where this ranks among um, the on Spielberg's list of all the movies he made. Where, where if, if Ellen, maybe I'll throw it to you or to Ben. Where where would you kind of throw? It? I think. I don't know where I'd put it. I think it's somewhere in the top third, I guess, because I mean he's made like fifty movies. Um, so I'd say somewhere around there. I don't think it's his top best third. Movie. Yeah, I'd say I don't know. Maybe maybe top ten. I don't know. I don't know because I can name a bunch more that I think are better. I think. So I mean, I would put this under comedy, like action comedy, like in Indiana Jones. Um, you know, not a deep like Schindler's List color purple. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, Spielberg has those two categories. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, know, it's so different, you know, than any other Spielberg movie. Like it's, it's not his typically. Yeah. I mean, you have Jaws, you have ET, you have Close Encounters, you have the Indiana Jones movies, you know, you got. Please uh, mention Goonies. <laughs> yeah, Goonies. Uh. <laughs> um, wait, so I have a question. You kind of touched on this, but were you rooting for him? Were you, are you rooting? Are we rooting for Frank as the audience? Yeah, because yeah. we are rooting for a con man. Right. We are, yeah. So I think what's we are. like that psychology of like rooting for a con man? Yes, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah, it's I, I'm not I'm not normally someone who wants to root for this kind of a person, and I mean, I ended up I think the proper setup, the way they set the character up in the beginning. So, I'm rooting for him. I don't I don't. Isn't that weird though? Yeah, it I is mean, like, weird. <laughs> well, I think like, I think Tom Hanks is is so good in this movie that I'm kind of I'm rooting for both of them. Like I I like Tom Hanks, so I'm like I kind of want him to win. But at the same time, yeah, it's hard, it's hard not to root for Leo. Like when you initially said, Dave, that, uh, you know, you don't normally uh, root for this kind of character. I thought yeah. you were talking about Tom Hanks. And, no, uh, I knew what you meant, but I feel like we didn't, like... Yeah, yeah we didn't touch on it more. Yeah, um, come back to it. Yeah. Um, I'm more, yeah I mean, what I'm really rooting for is for Leo to find some peace in his life. I mean, like when Tom Hanks finds him when he's in that printer shop, he looks like he's been on heroin or something. I, like, yeah. What's wrong with you? You gotta, yeah. you gotta like find some something in your life that you can hold on to rather than at, at that point. Yeah, it is like it is essentially like an addiction at that point. Like he's just like printing checks, printing checks like, and he's like a madman doing it. Like, it's like, it's like almost an addiction to him. He can't stop. And, you know, once, you know, he feels like Tom Hanks is fooling him saying, you know, Oh, there's not, you know, 12 cops out or two dozen cops out there, you know, and, and, you know, at first you think that even when they go outside because the cops aren't there and then they show up. Um, but, uh, what do you think? I I mean, you, you deal, you, you've been, you've been, doing the podcast about crime and stuff like that it's been kind of a focus of yours what do you what's your answer to that it is so funny because you know when i was thinking when i first started watching this i you know you had given me the list of movies and i was like does this fall under true crime and of course it does of course yeah. it falls under true crime you committed a crime it really <laughs> happens right? right but the entertainment value is so high and i do think that you know you said you know he was ripping off institutions i do think we can we can quantify that in our brain we can say he didn't hurt anyone he didn't you know abduct anyone he didn't like you know to your point he didn't like carjack someone but 
there is just something about him. And I, the reason I asked it, because I wanted to know from a female perspective, from a female perspective, if I was just rooting for him, because he's like, oh, he's so cute. He's lost. <laughs> and I want to take care of him. And like, he's misunderstood. But to hear that two men also fell that way is like a total other level of why do we root for a character that's intrinsically wrong? Yeah. I think it helps. No, yeah, yeah, no, great point. I, I mean, I think it helps to see, you know, which Spielberg does is show us his, not his whole childhood, but show us what his family dynamic is like, you know, uh, his relationship with his father and his mother, what he went through, just his mother uh, kind of leaving him and cheating on his dad, you know, totally broke him. And he's like, what else, what else do I got to do? So I think that helps us empathize with him a little more. Yeah. Um, Plus it's glamorized. I mean, who doesn't want to walk around with uh, eight stewardesses at your arm? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you kind of, and it's like that they, and they did the James Bond thing in the movie. It, it becomes almost that I want to be this guy, you know? Yeah. At least for a but- little while. To your Spielberg point, I would I would put it in the upper I would put it in the upper third of Spielberg, and I do think it's kind of um, again to in my mind I can I can divide Spielberg movies into high yeah. drama and um, action adventure. I mean, it's not like Indiana Jones action adventure, but there right. is a, a high level of action in it. Definitely. So when I divide those two categories, I would put that in kind of like the upper tier of like the action adventure. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah, again. Yeah. And then it's again, just it, you can tell it's Spielberg just again for the score. He always works with John Williams and just some of the camera work. I love that shot when Leo's in the, uh, the theater and it, the camera just comes down and zooms in on him yeah. or it's not even a zoom. It's an actual, the camera's actually moving, you know, and it's just, I love, I love Spielberg's camera work. It's just so, you know, he, he doesn't bore you with just, you know, all right, this shot, this shot, this shot, this shot. Like, he actually moves the camera around. Even when, you know, there's a shot, you know, it's really small, tiny, but I still I appreciate it. It's like, uh, I'm going to, Abengale. Uh, Frank. <laughs> Abigail. <laughs> Abernathy. Um, he, he, he's just walking boom. into the F, FBI boom. quarters. <laughs> he's just walking doing it over and over again. Sorry, <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, he's walking into the FBI quarters for the first time. And, and, you know, Spielberg initially has him. And then he goes around the office with the camera. And then eventually back to him. I don't know. Just Spielberg's just amazing, you know, w- with what he does with, you know, visuals and everything like that. It's just, that giant yeah. terminal they're walking down right at the end. How cool is that place? Yeah. Is, is that real? Yeah. I want to go walk down that thing. That's <laughs> cool. It, um, I liked the, uh, in the opening shot, I liked where he's coughing and he's obviously sick and mm. he, you know, he's escapes from the prison and we get that nice aerial shot. Like he's just at the bottom of like a hole, a black yeah, hole. Right. He's at the bottom. We pan up. And then we like, boom, we're in like a flashback. I yeah. Love that too. yeah. Yeah. So great. So great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And even that escape. Like, I think they, you know, initially show the camera, like it's one shot. You show the camera with him in bed, go back to them washing their hands because of lice. Boom, and then they yeah. go 
back. He's out of the bed. Like it's just the the technical aspects of this movie are even great. Um, But yeah, so, so entertaining. I think back when I first started this podcast, back when it was cringe worthy, worthy to listen to probably still is. I think we, we did a top five Spielberg and I think I had this at my number five. Oh, really? Awesome. Uh, what was your number one? Oh, E.T. E.T. Yeah, E.T. is my number one, actually, of all time. So what's your favorite Spielberg, uh, Dave? Uh, I, think I, I think I'd say Close Encounters um, yeah. is my favorite. I think his best is, uh, is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, but I think Close Encounters is my favorite one. Uh, I've been for some reason I've been obsessed with that movie for the last two or three years. I've watched it like ten times. So, yeah. what about you, Anne? What's your number one? Uh, I'm one? gonna. It's a really, really toss up between um, the color purple and Hook. Ooh, Hook. Hook, Hook holds a special yeah. place in my heart. Um, oh. Yeah. But okay. I'd probably go color purple. I, I know it's like one of those. It's one of those kids things. But I'd go it's color favorite, purple. Dave. Not best. You know, it's not like you know filmmaking. Thank you, Benjamin. Um, I'd go color purple number one, but a very close second would be Hook, just like a, for nostalgia reasons. I, I haven't seen uh, Color Purple since I was a kid. How does it hold up oh. as, as an adult? Is it? It's it's gut wrenching. I mean, I haven't I seen it for a handful it. of years. Yeah. But what are you doing? Uh, seeing color pu- purple as a kid? I don't know. My parents had it on, so I watched it. I tell yeah, you much I about saw. It, so. We had to, I had to read it in high school. Did oh yeah. Read, I read, I read, well, I read okay. Well, yeah. Teen- teenager, I can see. I, I, was, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, kid. it wasn't like eight, but yeah. I, mean, I think it was like the first movie I <laughs> saw guy was that eight. I like, cried <laughs> at. Um, yeah. I know. It might have been like twelve or thirteen. Wow, man. Crazy, uh, and I'm like not showing my kid ET. Like, look at me. I know, right? <laughs> you will anyway. not watch that garbage. Um. No, but I think this is. I think the cat. I think the cast really makes this. I think. Oh yeah. Were Tom Hanks and Leo ever in another movie together? I was wondering that too. I meant to look that up. Um, I don't. I can't think, think of so. one off the top um, of my head. But yeah, I no, I think this is uh, their one and only. If I'm not mistaken, quickly doing a brain scan. I, uh, I can't think of one. But they're just yeah. they're, they're like titans. They're just awesome together. Yeah, they're yeah, so great, yeah, so great a good dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's that's Catch Me If You Can. Did you guys have anything else that you wanted to mention that we didn't get to? Uh, Christopher Walken, I know we all agree, was just terrific in this movie. Uh, <laughs> um. Oh, one more tie-in to uh, Obsessed with Disappeared. This is almost a, a disappearance movie, in a sense. He does go missing for a little while, so uh-huh. it's kind of, yes. kind of working its way. There's it. Very good. <laughs> Uh, that is uh, Catch Me If You Can. Our guests have been a little biased, so we haven't been doing a rating. or We were thinking about not doing a rating system, but Dave, I'm going to do it. <laughs> we, we do a rating system every single show. Dave, shut up. We're doing it. Uh, so we rate our movies two ways. One, stars out of five, which is the quality of the film. So like your color purple. And then uh, popcorn, Buckets of popcorn out of five. So like your hook, yeah. uh, like it's very entertaining, but eh, you know, it's the quality isn't that great. So we, we base it off that. So the amount of stars it gets, the amount of buckets of popcorn it gets is like, oh, it's a popcorn movie. I'm very entertained by it. Jurassic Park. I hope Step that makes sense. Like that, yeah, <laughs> yeah so like you, a comedy. You, you, you rate, you do both ratings. It's, a, it's, right. very, it's very complex. So, Nobody understands what we're doing. So it's five stars and five buckets of popcorn. Yeah. Are the best? Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So the, yeah. Okay. 
Dave, so go first. The problem is um, everybody, well, not everybody, but the last few guests we've had are going five and five. Um, and so it's a question, Ellen, if you can, if you can do some honesty here and, and be willing to critique. <laughs> <laughs> Way to put her on the I spot. Ch- I know I chose the movie because I really liked the movie, though. So maybe, I mean, like, you know, if it, if you would have. Oh gosh! So that's that was the internal debate before we started. Like, well, should we even do a rating if we're going to get the same answer every time? Because it's been uh, and that's okay. So now oh, now we're doing show you know on the spot. All right, I'm going to do a four point five on both, okay. and I'm citing Christopher Walken for oh, both. Okay, okay, there yeah, you go, good. there you go. I could. I feel like if I really put my thinking cap on, I yeah. could have recast that better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I could see Martin Sheen in that in that role. I was just even, thinking you know? that too. Yeah. Yeah. Martin Sheen would have been a would have would have been a great choice. I mean, um, like I'm thinking of another suave, and I don't know why Al Pacino just obviously pops in my mind, but he's you know not of the right. They're Irish Catholic or something. What are they? Yeah, yeah. yeah so like that. that would be weird. But I mean, a, a suave debonair. Also, like if you think, you know, Christopher Walken with the charming, with the necklace, and the wife was so beautiful. Like yeah. Christopher Walken, like even you know, I I don't know if you can curse on this. I think I've done yes. it a couple times. But yeah, I'd we say, have. You know, yeah, please like, do. I don't. I not no no no. But you know, no, <laughs> no. One, no one wants to fuck Christopher Walken. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, you know, not I'm, even there's there's not enough windows in the world. So uh, yeah, Dave doesn't, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but you know, I, I think mean? he like, has great acting talent. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't buy that he was Leonardo DiCaprio's dad and right. that hot woman's husband, and <laughs> like, no, no one's fucking yeah. Christopher Walken. No, I'm with you there. All right, what's uh, your rating, Dave? Yeah, so I'm gonna. <laughs> I agree 100, Ellen, on uh, on Christopher Walken. So yes, good to have you. Good to have an ally in this one. Um, now, while I do think this movie is better than Hook. Um, it's not quite uh, four and a half stars. I'm going to give this thing three stars because I, I don't think it's a great movie. I think it's a good movie, but I thought it was highly entertaining. So three stars and uh, four buckets of popcorn for me. So a good movie and highly entertaining. Recommend it to everybody. Ben, what do you Very got? Very good. Um, I'm at... Uh, I'm. I'm at four stars. I think uh, it's a very well-made movie. I think keeps you engaged the whole time, which kind of leads into popcorn. Um, I'm, I'm going to go four and four. Uh, four, four stars, four buckets of popcorn. Um, very entertaining movie. I could watch it. I, you know, if it's on TV or something, I'm flipping through channels. Yeah. It, I keep it on just because it's it's so engaging and just fun to watch. So there we go. Four and four. Um, that is. Catch me if you can with Ellen Marsh. Ellen, what uh, what's going on with Broadway right now? What uh, what can you tell us? What's uh, I know it's oh, it's kind of depressing, but uh, <laughs> uh, were you working on something when COVID started? Yes, I was doing uh, Sarah Silverman's new show called The Bedwetter, oh. uh, which I was super super excited about. Um, yeah, it was based on her book, a story yeah. about her life, a musical. It was actually, um, mus- it was written by her, music by Adam Schlesinger, and he actually, um, sadly, um, passed from COVID. Oh, um, no. So wow. M- the musical is done and is, is you know, obviously going to carry on in his honor. Um, yeah. And... But yeah, it was a killer show, female driven, you know, directed by um, Annie Kaufman, amazing female director. And uh, 
yeah, we got shut down just like uh, everybody else. Um, yeah. And Crazy. we'll see. I mean, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for everyone. Fingers crossed for artists, man. I mean, we're just all. I know. We're all yeah. like, I guess I'm a podcaster now, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which is sorry odd because they <laughs> have a, a horrible speaking voice. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Crazy it's, world. Yep. Hopefully. But we thank get you guys to... for having me. You guys are a blast. I love your format. Thank you for choosing such a great movie for me to chat about. Thank you for putting up with me and my big mouth. <laughs> thank you for choosing it. And then, if people want to follow you on social media or anything, where can they find you? Um, I'm Ellen Marsh, just E-L-L-Y-N. It's just a little tricky. Um, Marsh on Instagram and uh, and, and embarrassingly TikTok. I mean, it's so no. Check but it I'm out, on, people. Check it out. Inst- it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm on Instagram and Twitter and all those things. Because what, what the hell else are we doing? Yeah. Come <laughs> exactly. on. Right, exactly. So, but yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for doing it, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a blast. Great movie to choose, and we appreciate it. Uh, you can find us at Blockbuster Cast. Dave, where can they find you? At Dave underscore Quist. I am at B Secord. Be sure to rate us on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. Uh, subscribe, do all that fun. All right, folks. Well, that is it for us, for Dave, for Ellen. I'm Ben. And as always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys at the movies. Yeah.